You're listening to the World Watch Weekly Podcast by Open Doors Canada. The goal of this podcast is to help you pray for your persecuted family. Since 1955, when Brother Andrew went behind the Iron Curtain for the first time, Open Doors has been strengthening persecuted Christians where faith costs the most. For more information about Open Doors Canada or about the World Watch List, please visit our website at www.opendoorsca.org. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome back to the World Watch Weekly Podcast. We are so glad you're joining us today. This week, Andrew got the chance to talk with Kia Alipur from Article 18. Now, you'll hear a little more about Article 18 in the interview, and they'll be talking about persecution in the country of Iran. Now, just before we get started, I wanted to make sure you're aware of a really special campaign that's coming up in the month of June. It's called One With Them. For the entire month, Open Doors will be focusing on Christians around the world who are in captivity because of their faith. That might mean they're in prison, or in slavery, or have been abducted. Christians who face captivity because they choose to follow Jesus. Hebrews 13.3 says, Remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison, and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves are suffering. We want to remember our brothers and sisters as if we were in prison with them, and we want to invite you to be a part of it. So we're encouraging Christians all across Canada to commit to praying for Christian prisoners during the entire month of June, but especially on June 27, a Sunday that we're calling A Day for Christian Captives. You can visit onewiththem.ca to learn more, and you'll also be able to take the prayer pledge. By taking the pledge, you'll be adding your name to all those who have committed to praying on June 27. We talked about this on the podcast a couple weeks ago, so you can also give that a listen to learn more. But visit onewiththem.ca for all the information. Now, part of what you'll hear on today's podcast is about prisoners in the country of Iran. That's just one method of persecution that Iranian Christians face. So, without anything further from me, let's get into the interview. I am pleased to be joined today by Kia Alapur from Article 18. Article 18 is uh, a nonprofit who promotes and defends religious freedom in Iran, especially for Christians. And Kia is uh, a spokesperson for Article 18. And so, Kia, welcome today. We're so glad to have you on the podcast. Uh, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here with you uh, today. Kia, we want to dive right in talking about Christianity in Iran and uh, Christians there and, and what's happening to them. I know that recently Article 18, along with Open Doors and some other organizations like the Middle East Concern, Christian Solidarity Worldwide, published a report on rights violations against Christians in Iran. And so I was hoping that you could tell us a bit about Christianity in Iran and the situation there, and then kind of based on that report, tell us some of the current trends of persecution facing Christians in Iran. Sure. Well, we use uh, the word persecution a lot, as you know, and we might have different definitions about persecution. But what I uh, understand is that persecution results from our identification with Christ. It's stated really clearly in John chapter 15 when Jesus is teaching his disciples about the, the true wine. He says, if the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. And in Acts 9, 9 verse uh, 4, when Jesus stops Paul on, on the Damascus road, he says, Saul, Saul, 
why are you persecuting me? Uh, Saul was persecuting God's people, of course, but says, but Jesus says, no, you are persecuting me. It is personal. Regarding Iran, maybe it's interesting uh, for you and, and the listeners uh, to know that uh, the name Persia, which is the old name of Iran and Persians, are found 33 times in six books of Old Testament. And there are approximately 240 uh, references to, to, to Persia also in the Bible. And before the era, before the era of Islam, uh, 14 centuries ago, there were many churches and Christians in Persia. But after the spread of Islam, the number of Christians in Persia uh, or Iran uh, was reduced. We can generally divide Christians in Iran into two main categories, ethnic and non-ethnic Christians, or in other words, recognized and unrecognized Christians. Ethnic Christian communities are Assyrians and, and Armenians. They live in Iran for uh, several centuries, actually, and some of them for uh, more than uh, 2,000 years. So they have their own languages, and they are permitted a degree of freedom to worship, although they also suffer restriction and discrimination on a large scale, I can say. So uh, they are not allowed to hold church services in Persian or Farsi, which is the official and the most common language of the, of the country, for example and many other uh, legalized discriminations they are facing that I can give some examples later on. For example, marriage restrictions, uh, job uh, restrictions, uh, and many other ones. Um, so the growing community of Christian converts or non-ethnic Christians is not permitted to attend recognized churches and they have to gather for worship in secret house churches and risk arrest and imprisonment. And some of them, they cannot even attend a house church, and they need to attend in online churches. And again, that's not, uh, you know, without risk. So generally in Iran, Christian community, along with other religious minorities, for example, Baha'is and the Ravish and other ones, they face, face systematic state persecution and discrimination. Uh, and one of the reasons is that the constitution defines the country as an Islamic republic and specifies Shia Islam as the official state religion. It states all laws and regulations must be on Islamic uh, criteria and official interpretation of, of Sharia. You know, we, we had the revolution in 1979 in Iran. Before that, uh, Iran had a, had a monarchy. So... For the past four decades, the number of Christian converts has increased uh, after the revolution. I mean, and that has alarmed Iranian authorities. Just to give you an overview, before the revolution of 1979, there were approximately 500, 600, or maybe even 700 uh, BMBs, believers from Muslim backgrounds in Iran. But now, according to several reports, Iran is the most growing evangelical church in the world. Mm -hmm. um, to be on the safe side, I personally always say, at least we can say that Iran is one of the most growing evangelical churches in the world. But several reports call Iran the most growing. Uh, so, and uh, there are approximately 1 million Christians and uh, the, the, the vast majority of them, uh, approximately 800,000 of them are uh, Christian converts. So we see that God is at work. 
That's incredible. From from 600, 700 to 800,000 uh, Christian converts. So the Iranian authorities have begun placing more restrictions on church attendance, violating freedom of worship and assembly, shutting down Iran's main Persian language Bible publisher, arresting and imprisoning the church leaders, even extrajudicial killing of the church leaders, and, and much more. I can say lots of more examples uh, that sadly happened. And in Iran, many Christians, especially Christian converts, as I mentioned, cannot even gather together and share common identity and joint objectives as Christians. So let's focus on the uh, annual report that you asked. So that was the background. Let's go to, to the annual report. In the last couple of years, we as uh, Open Doors, Middle East Concern, uh, CSW or Christian Solidarity Worldwide and Article 18, uh, produce an annual report on the situation of Christians in Iran. And um, praise God, it's now widely used by governments, human rights organizations, and United Nations mandate holders for uh, religious freedom. Excellent. Uh, I can give you some statistics uh, uh, you know, that we discovered and uh, some of the findings of, of, of this report. In the year 2020, 115 Iranian Christians were arrested. We are talking about some numbers, 115 Christians. And you can also imagine how many people have been impacted by those arrests, mm -hmm. how many families, how many friends. So these are not only numbers. These are people. These are persons. Just imagine if uh, so one of your friends will be arrested, how would you feel? And two Iranian Christians were flogged for drinking wine as a part of communion. And others uh, were denied education, for example. One of them is uh, Mari Mohammadi, a very brave uh, Iranian uh, Christian um, you know, in, in Iran. Uh, she was denied education. Uh, she, she was also in prison. She's, uh, she's an ex-prisoner of conscience. Mm -hmm. And uh, others were denied uh, employment, and uh, even one couple were told uh, they could no longer retain custody uh, of their adopted daughter, uh, Lydia, uh, on account of their faith. It is illegal for Muslim Iranians to drink alcohol, but exceptions are made for recognized religious minorities, uh, including uh, Christians and also Assyrians and Armenians. However, Iran does not recognize Christians, uh, you know, converts uh, as, as Christians. Zaman Fadai, who prefers to be called uh, Saheb, received 80 lashes on November 15 last year, just one month and one day after his friend Muhammad Reza or Yohan Omidi endured the same punishment. Can you imagine that? That's, yeah, that's, in, that's crazy. Yes, exactly. And Saheb is currently serving a six-year sentence in Tehran's Evin prison. Why? For organizing house churches and promoting Zionist Christianity. This is something that they don't have clear definition for it. You know, they, they just label some Christians that you are in contact with, uh, with, with Zionism, with Israel, with, with uh, foreign countries. And uh, on, the, on those charges, they can, they can give them very long sentences. Mm -hmm. 
and his sentence was originally a sentence of uh, Saheb uh, was originally 10 years, but was reduced at a retrial in June, actually. Um, and Johan Omidi uh, is another example. Uh, also received 80 lashes only for drinking wine as a part of communion. He has spent two years in prison and is now living in internal exile. Can you believe it? In your own country, they send you to exile because of, again, his membership of a house church, which is the only, the only available Christian fellowship for converts in Iran. And this is really uh, denial of their uh, fundamental rights, of course. Johan began his two-year term in exile in the southwestern city, uh, southwestern uh, city uh, of Borazjan in September 2020. So you can see he was arrested, he was tortured, he received uh, 80 lashes, and he lost his job. And uh, he was released after that, but right after the release, uh, he was sent to exile. Hmm. This is the reality of, of Christians in Iran. On the other side, uh, Iran has risen to eighth place in the latest World Watch list published by your organization, of course, Andrew, Open Doors, uh, which is an annual listing of the 50 countries um, in which the, the persecution of Christians is, is most uh, um, prevalent. Um, a decade ago, uh, Iran ranked for years in the top three of the countries with the most severe persecution on the world watch list. Holding the second place in 2020 and 2011, just after North Korea. In, in 2010. In 2010 and in 2011, yes, just after North Korea. So Iran had the second place. But from 2012 onwards, Iran has left the top three and is ranked eighth on the world watch list 2021. So you might wonder, how this is possible? Especially the last couple of years, the Iranian regime intensified the persecution of converts, uh, Christians in particular. And, and house churches were raided, and, and pastors and, and church members have been arrested, sentenced, and imprisoned. I already mentioned uh, some cases. And, and, and many of these people uh, were sentenced above five years. You know, we have people who have been sentenced to 10 years or 15 years uh, only for practicing their faith. So how come? You know, Iran was second, so it doesn't mean that the situation in Iran is getting better for Christians? No. The situation for Christians in other countries has worsened. For example, violence and anarchy increased significantly in, in Libya and, and, and Iraq and Syria over the last couple of years, as you uh, may know. And this affects their scores. And taking into account that the, the difference in points between the top 10 countries uh, is really small. This is another reason why Iran has been uh, passed by other countries. Well, World Watch List, of course, is for open doors, but because um, Article 18 has closed relationship in research uh, with open doors, I thought it would be, uh, you know, it's worthwhile to mention that as well. Yes, and absolutely. And we are really thankful for, for what Open Doors is doing uh, uh, to, to help uh, persecuted Christians. And as I mentioned before, despite all the risk, Iranian Christians continue to meet each other in secret places, uh, underground churches, or even online, or house churches, 
And this is the reality for Christians in Iran. Mm-hmm. You mentioned uh, online, meeting online for church. So that has, for many Canadians in this past year, become a normal thing for us. And so we might think that that online churches are a result of the pandemic, but but that's not the case. Online churches have existed in Iran long before the pandemic came, correct? Of course. You know, for, for us in Western countries, you know, uh, gathering online, having fellowships online, as you mentioned, is uh, has to do with the new normalities. But this is not a new normality for uh, Christians in Iran. They are isolated believers, so they cannot have fellowship with other uh, Christians as we have it over here. So it's also worth mentioning that we shouldn't take what we have, even the online gatherings, for granted here. It is risky, but they get together uh, on online platforms and they they have uh, worship songs, uh, you know, even some church services, uh, very friendly ones. And they try at least to keep their fellowship as there are no other options nowadays. And even they, they, they provide trainings to each other, support to each other. Uh, try to answer each other's questions, especially the questions for the for the new believers. Help each other, pray for each other, and uh, yeah, this is another uh, normality, let's say, another norm uh, for the uh, for the Christian community, especially Christian converts in Iran. Right now, you've mentioned uh, that prison and many many Christians in Iran have been sent to prison. 150 last year. Uh, you've mentioned Sahib already and Johan, uh, two two Christians. Uh, but can you tell us about some some other prisoners in Iran for their faith? Maybe share a bit about their story and how we can pray for them. Sure. Wow, uh, there is a lot to say about them. Uh, you know, just imagine that they are in prison only for practicing their faith. Suppose that you go to church and someone comes and arrests you. Uh, why? Because you just attended a, a church service. Can you imagine that? There are many of them that I can talk about. Um, for example, a Christian converts uh, with advanced Parkinson's disease and, uh, and, and his wife have been uh, summoned to, to, to begin their prison sentences recently. Why? Again, because they attended a house church. Homayun uh, Javé is his name, he's 62 years old, and his wife, Sara Ahmadi, is uh, 42. Um, Homayun faces two years in prison, while his wife was given a long sentence, sentence of eight years for her leadership role within the house church. Homayun and Sara live in Tehran, you know, the capital city of Iran. Um, they were first arrested by agents from Iran's Ministry of Intelligence back in June 2019 uh, as they holidayed with several other Christian families in the city of Amol near the, the, the Caspian Sea in the north part of Iran. Sara um, was initially sentenced to 11 years in prison. And I need also to mention that Sara is actually taking care of, uh, of Homayun as um, he has um, uh, Parkinson's disease, mm-hmm. an advanced Parkinson's disease. But Sarah's sentence was reduced to eight years on appeal. Homayun was released uh, a month after 
their arrest. But Sara was held for a total of 67 days, including 33 days in solitary confinement. Can you imagine that? Even one mm. day in solitary confinement without any interaction with, uh, with the outside world. And most, mostly uh, within uh, the, the, the intelligence ministry's um, ward, they have a special ward called 209 in, in Evan Prison. During that time, Sarah was subjected to extreme psychological torture. Now they, they've been summoned to begin their prison sentences again. Mm-hmm. Their lawyer is trying to convince Iran's Supreme Court to, to consider the retrial petitions at least. But the problem is that these cases are considered security cases in Iran. And their charges are acting against national security. You know, this is unbelievable. You get, get together with some friends, with some Christians, you read Bible, you pray for each other, you pray for your country, and then they label you that you are doing something against the national security. Mm-hmm. And of course, this illegal practice, you know, because, uh, because the, the Ministry of Intelligence oversees them, and, and, and this, this is an illegal practice, and that undermines the principle of judicial independence and undermines a fair and just trial, of course. But if the judges act with honor, and we really hope and pray for that, uh, there is a still the possibility that they may accept the retrials and, and overturn the verdicts or maybe even reduce it. So this is another uh, prayer point. Another Iranian Christian prisoner that I would love to talk about is Nasser Navard Goltape. Mm-hmm. Nasser is an Iranian convert to Christianity. Um, he's now 59 years old. And he's serving a 10 years prison sentence in Tehran's Evin prison, again, because of his membership of house church. And um, he, was convinced, uh, he was convicted in July 2019 of acting against national security. And he's been in, in, in prison since January uh, 2018. In November 2020, Nasser was informed that his third request for a retrial uh, was rejected. Mm-hmm. Reacting to the news, Nasser's former lawyer, uh, Hossein Ahmadinias, uh, who was also forced to leave the country, he tweeted, I can read that tweet for you, it's in front of me. He says he's completely innocent. His crime is uh, peace, friendship, honor, and human dignity. Nasser defended himself in courts bravely. I will always testify to his courage, bravery, and honesty. And I'm proud to have been the lawyer of such an honorable, of such an honorable man. Hmm. On the other hand, another lawyer that helped Nasser was a human rights lawyer, Amir Salar Dawoudi. And both of these lawyers, as far as I know, are not Christians, but they are uh, really wonderful people, and um, they, um, they they try to to help uh, to help Nasser. He's also in prison now. Uh, so not only the Christians, even uh, two lawyers. One was forced to leave the country, and the other one has been sentenced to twenty nine years of uh, prison. 
Nasser has written several open letters to Iranian authorities. And in one of them, he was asking how his Christian activities uh, can be perceived as, as, as anti-state actions. Uh, if you want, I can, I can read uh, the translation of his uh, letter for you. Should I do that? Yeah, please do. I mean, I've read this letter, but I think it would be good for our listeners to hear it. Sure. Uh, I try actually to, at least to, to, to read some, uh, some parts of it. Nasser wrote, would it even be possible for a committed Christian who was born and raised in Iran and whose forefathers lived in this land for thousands of years and who is a servant to the God who has called him into a ministry of reconciliation to act against the national security of his own country? Is the fellowship of a few Christian brothers and sisters in someone's home singing worship songs, reading the Bible and worshiping God, acting against national security? Isn't it a clear violation of civil and human rights and an absolute injustice to receive a 10-year prison sentence just for organizing house churches, which is the sanctuary sanctified as a place to praise and worship God due to closure of churches in Iran. But I praise God that he has turned all things into a blessing, which now it's clear to all, including the prison authorities, judges, lawyers, and many fellow prisoners, that I am in prison because of my faith in Jesus Christ. My imprisonment will serve to further advance the gospel. Therefore, first of all, I bless those who have persecuted me and put me in jail. And I hope one day the truth of his word, which is able to build everyone up, will save them. I sincerely thank all my brothers and sisters in Christ who give me grace by helping me and offering prayers, which are like a pleasing fragrance to God. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was Nasser's letter. But despite that, Nasser's pleas for, uh, for justice have been dismissed for a third time, and he's now set to remain in prison. If forced to uh, serve his whole sentence until he's uh, 66 years old. But your prayers and actions, of course, your actions against injustice uh, can make miracles. Absolutely. As some of our listeners will know if they listen to some of our recent episodes, Open Doors Canada is, uh, has a campaign in June called One With Them, A Day for Christian Captives, where we're focusing our prayer on Christians held captive for their faith. And, and one of the, uh, you've actually mentioned several of the Christians that we're focusing on. Nasser is one of them. Uh, Sahib is one of them. Hemayun uh, and Sarah are also there. And and so we're trying to raise prayer for these brothers and sisters who, who are held captive for our faith. And, and we know that Hebrews 13, 3 says, remember those in prison as if you were with them in prison. And so, I mean, I would just encourage our listeners to find out more about how you can pray for them. You can visit, you can visit the Article 18 website, which is Article 18, the word 18writtenout.com. And, uh, and find out more about them. You can also visit onewiththem.ca and you can find out more about Christian captives and how you can be praying for them. We actually have some Open Doors has produced some postcards, that you, printable postcards for Nasser, for Sarah and Hameun. 
and for Sahib and for another uh, Christian prisoner in Iran, uh, Ibrahim Farouzi. And so you can download those postcards, put them in your Bible, put them on your fridge to be praying for our brothers and sisters. And just like Nasser said, like he, he already is thanking people for the prayers because they are upholding him while in prison. And so we need to continue to pray. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope it was a blessing for you and that you'll be back with us next week for part two of the interview. Until then, please do subscribe to and rate the podcast on your podcast provider, and also give us a follow on social media at Open Doors Canada. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. Thank you for listening to this episode of World Watch Weekly from Open Doors Canada. For more information on how to pray for our persecuted family, please visit our website, www.opendoorsca.org. Click Get Involved, and then click Prayer.